the Chillicrew had the distinct privilege of interviewing their very first author, Kent Dickerson. He wrote the book Remade. Now, there was a little bit of an audio issue in this one, and there was, so there was a question of how to fix this. But even though it sounds like they were recording out of a tin can, the fact is, is there's too much takeaway just to let this episode slide by. Now, he mentions a lot of uh, adult-related topics, so we'd like to give this little disclaimer that if you got children listening to this in the car, that you uh, give it a, a listen to first, just to be safe. We wouldn't want to give out any information that's, uh, well, a little bit beyond someone's age. Now, I may not relate to all the things he brought up in his book, but I went through the book myself, and it was quite a read. Oh, and by the end of this, if you'd like to get his book, you can find it on... Let me just read my notes here. Uh, you can find it in the Amazon just by typing Remade by Kent Dickerson. The full title is Remade, A Preacher Finds Victory Over Porn and Complaint. The Amazon, that's kind of strange. It's a long way to get a book. Now, without any further ado, here's the Chili Crew's interview with Kent Dickerson. This is Justin. Oh, this is Israel. This is Mike. This is Sully. And Kent, how about you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Give us a, a quick, uh, uh, brief introduction of, of who you are. Yes. Hey, Chili Crew. Uh, yeah, this is Kent Dickerson, and I am coming to you from South Korea, uh, just outside U.S. Army Garrison Humphreys. And my wife works there as a civilian. I do ministry mostly uh, from my home and, and on Humphreys. And uh, it's great to be here. I've been enjoying listening to uh, some of the chilly episodes. And uh, I will say you, you have a unique uh, podcast. I don't, I don't think I know any others that, that have this many guys uh, doing it at once. Okay, Kent, I got to say, out of when, whenever we interview people and whenever we meet people who actually listen to the podcast, that's usually the common remark. You, you guys are so thing. unique. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I feel like it's a, a downer, too. It's just like, I, I, you guys are unique. I don't know how to specifically say it, but your mom says you're unique. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. All right. All right, well, I'll go ahead and... I'll go ahead and start with a word of prayer, and we can kind of jump in to uh, why we invited Kent to the Chili Crew for the for the evening. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time together, and I pray, Lord, you'll send your Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and to give us guidance, and also to those who are listening as well. Uh, I pray, Father, that uh, you'll give us a clarity of mind and spirit as well. Uh, eliminate all distractions, and I pray for a wonderful, fun time, Lord. Uh, praising your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The book itself is, the book itself is called Remade. Uh, I want to, before we dive into a lot of the questions about the book, let me ask you just one very specific question. Can you, or I guess uh, a statement, can you kind of give a, uh, a briefest synopsis of what the book is? Okay, so Remade is basically a uh, telling of my story uh, as a preacher who struggled with uh, pornography and then got out of ministry, full-time ministry, and got into the jewelry business. And, uh, but then God brought 
just tremendous victory over the not only the porn but lust itself. I just got really excited about that. At first, I put together a men's seminar. I think the, the idea for the book just came from I was wanting to just share the message that, particularly in this day and age, just guys are just so trapped by lust, and I wanted to demonstrate to them that that real victory is possible. And so I'm, yeah, so I just started writing. I had, I never thought I'd be a writer. Uh, English was my worst subject in school. Yeah, even in college, I think it's the only, only D I got was in freshman English. Uh, so yeah, so it was, it was like beyond me, but um, I was able to get a lot of good advice from this email group of of Christian writers, about 400 Christian writers, and they have a lot of discussions and uh, found a critique group up in Seoul. And uh, that really changed the book a lot because they were encouraging me to have more of the story. And uh, I was having uh, too much Bible study for them at, at the beginning, and and <laughs> most of them were not Christians. So... Uh, that was a challenge, uh, but actually it was really good because uh, as I start learning how to write to where they can uh, be interested, uh, it really helped my writing. And so that was kind of an exciting time. So what what essentially prompted you to to want to write this book? Okay, yes, I wanted to write the book because uh, the lust was so entrenched in my my life that, uh, uh, I mean, it was such a, a pull to me that even when I was in college and majoring in Bible, minoring in New Testament Greek, studying God's Word 8, 10, 12 hours a day, I would go home and look at a Playboy uh, during lunchtime, and or I would one in the car if I happened to have the car that day and uh, and look at it. I mean, I just couldn't stay away from it. Uh, it put a duality in my heart. Um, I wanted to serve God. I wanted to focus on Him and Scripture, and but this duality was obviously pretty clear. And so I I only preached five years, got out, I just didn't have the spiritual strength for the job. Um, I would have given you different reasons at the time, but uh, that's the truth of the matter. And yeah. so the book just is a way of telling how we get trapped and analyzed a lot on why I was so trapped. And uh, yeah, it was it was just a way of, of getting the word out. Excellent. Victory is available. And Sully, this is your question that you brought up. If you want to go ahead and ask him that. With being your book and everything else, which people do you think would actually benefit the books? The reason why I bring this up is because our actual audience is younger Christians who actually, or baby Christians who actually watch this podcast. Who would you feel about mm-hmm. from this book? Yeah, so the book is, is really for, uh, mostly for men, but I really feel like the the path to victory is is available for any sin, so any Christian can get a value from it. But 
but I am um, focusing on specifically the the struggle with pornography, and then um, one chapter that I open it up to a struggle with uh, complaining in my head, constant complaining. Uh, so there's there's value there, but um, uh, considering that the majority of guys, even Christian guys, uh, are struggling with pornography. That's it's going to be mostly for them. Uh, however, uh, just in the time that I've struggled with pornography, um, it's opened up a lot to women and younger, eighteen to twenty-four age women are involved a great deal in pornography use as well. So, uh, I think it'll be of value of them as to them as well. Now, Sully, you, you mentioned this just before we started. You said uh, he really seemed to to analyze, I guess, where where Satan was entrapping yeah. you or something like that. Where the devil was actually influencing you throughout your life in different scenes, like your childhood and uh, through your adulthood and even through college and everything else. And it was when you self-analyzed in the end of the chapters, I felt was actually beneficial. I have not really seen too many books where it goes, okay, now listen here, let's stop and think about this. Yeah. And we'll mm -hmm. go through it and actually analyze each step. I felt that was actually very beneficial throughout your book. Yeah. Uh, where did you actually come up with that idea? Well, it it was just kind of developed through through the writing, actually. Um, I did... I did some analyzing before I started writing, but it really came out when I was writing. I would just write about, you know, my struggle and and then just do a lot of thinking while I was writing. And and so, yeah, the analyzing started coming out. And I really thought, man, I should have started this book years ago just for my own sake, <laughs> uh, just, you know, just for the process of what it was doing for me. When you're writing the book on porn and how you're overcoming porn and the addiction, how did you take that first step, like to admit it or to admit it to your wife before going to admit it to the publishers? Well, that was um, uh, pretty obvious because eventually, what the porn was doing to my heart and to my mind, uh, I had a, a brief affair. And my wife knew about the affair. Of course, we went through uh, a pretty rough time. We had other problems with the marriage that, that needed addressing as well as this. And, and I couldn't convince her to go to counseling together or even to a weekend uh, marriage repair event. And so it... It, I just determined I'm not going to live like this anymore. We either work on the marriage or we leave it. And she wasn't willing, so so we went through a divorce. Yeah, so actually, you know, the I address the pornography in that time some, but I, I didn't really admit the kind of hold it had on me, I think until it came in on the second marriage. And this was like, okay, this is 
I do not want to do this. And this is so harmful. And I got absolutely desperate uh, for God to help me. And I had thrown away the Playboys and, and asked God's help many, many times. But um, I think I was in a place to really start listening to God. And I got desperate. I told God that if he, he doesn't help me, I know it's just going to be more of the same. I also said, I will do anything that you want me to do. And yeah, awesome. that was really opening myself up to God. And then God knew he could work through me and started bringing uh, uh, just opportunities to, to talk to guys about it. Uh, at men's retreats, men's Bible studies, and I just I just started being open with guys, telling them, you know, that this is this is a struggle that I have. I'm I'm working on it, and and up until that first uh, time I talked at a men's retreat, retreat, I had no idea how how prevalent. Uh, this was amongst Christian men. I had no idea because nobody talked about it. Once we, I found out, okay, yeah, this is a common struggle, but, but we need to be talking about it. We can't just uh, pretend that, that we don't have any problems, you know, come to church with our mask on. Uh, we have to get start getting real with one another. And so that became my my purpose and, and my strength. And God help me to see, uh, help me to learn how to really pray um, in a more relational way, start getting, admitting to him what I'm feeling at the moment and, and the pull I'm feeling at the moment. The lessons at the gym uh, for lust were, were really amazing. Uh, when I started uh, I'd had success with pornography. I'd, I'd rid myself of that for a couple of years, but I still struggled every time I went to the gym uh, with lusting women there. And yeah, so that was, it, it was God built in through the success over pornography. He built in a dissatisfaction that it, this wasn't carrying over to just lust in general. And he, he really showed me a lot that, that first of all, focusing completely on my sin, my weakness, uh, there's no power in that. That the power is in focusing on the Almighty God. I think, I think it's, it's interesting that you'd say that because I went to a men's conference once. It was a very interesting men's conference. It was like all, all, like all weekend or something like that. But we would often come together and then we would split up into these different classes you could kind of take and, and hit up. And one time they had uh, where they split it up into three different things. And there was one on pornography and then there was one on uh, uh, a topic on how to speak in like a, a public forum. And then there was another topic on everything. There was like they, they put the pornography one in the smallest room in the entire church an auditorium and it was packed. It was a standing room only. Mm. I, I don't want to say I, I was shocked because I wasn't necessarily shocked, but at the same time, it's, it's, 
it makes it makes it come real to you that this is an issue that's out there. How did it impact your family before when you were dealing with the stuff? Could uh, how how was it an impact to them? And then when you transitioned and you changed, um, what did your family say? Um, how how it impacted you? In the concept of could could they see a difference in your personality and in your attitude and your demeanor and, and just the overall you when you when you got the victory over it as in compared to when you were trapped in it? Well, that's that's a little muddled with the divorce. My kids were no longer uh, living with me through the the years of of growing, but but they had grown anyway. I think by the time I really started victory. My son was 16 years old and, and we, we had some talks and we went to a promise keepers together and, and they, they opened it up pretty clearly. And, and we had some great talks there. What really changed was, was my openness about spiritual things, which start starting to share the excitement I had and what I was learning um, with my kids and, and with my, my new wife, I really think that this is, this is where probably the biggest failure, uh, earlier in the, in the first marriage is, is not sharing enough with, about spiritual things and opening up, being honest about struggles. Yeah. So the, definitely there was changes and but if they were relatively uh gradual you know they happened uh, over time building upon each other and it wasn't like i was instantly different but i think it was a gradual change it just happened a lot uh is there a specific verse or chapter in the bible that helped you the most in this time frame <laughs> i i have a hard time with that when um because I had a lot of study happening. You, of course, I was uh, one of the things I had a pretty major study on the armor of God in Ephesians 5. A number of passages, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron, where it shows the value of needing one another and helping one another, and particularly with, with guys, you know, from, from a guy's perspective. Uh, to come and start really getting real and talking to each other. Last uh, number of years, 2 Corinthians 3.18, and we with unveiled faces look upon the glory of the Lord, and He takes us from glory to glory. Um, yeah, I, mean, I started seeing that you know, this focus on God uh, was the desperate need uh, that I had, that, that what you know, I, I started asking myself what spiritual growth, real spiritual growth is going to happen without a focus on God. I began to see that's really where I had failed, even though I'd studied so much on the Bible and, and Greek, and I hadn't had near enough focus on the nature of God. So your battle with porn and your overcoming, there wasn't like, was there ever an actual come to Jesus moment, or was it just slow building blocks of victory when i got totally desperate <clears throat> i was um i was in switzerland and uh taking an advanced course in watchmaking uh which is what i did in between ministry 
And my wife was in Heidelberg, Germany at her first job overseas. And she could come down on the weekend as part of the time, but very intense course. And we had one weekend off in six months. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't go back to Heidelberg. It was during that time that I found myself back in the Playboys and and having that desperate moment uh at towards the end of that where I threw the Playboys away and I just got so absolute in my desire to rid myself of this. That was the aha moment. Essentially you just got you got angry with the sin and with yourself. Yeah. And that's something that I've, you know, dealt with because I, I had a lot of problems in the Navy and stuff like that. There was a whole lot of stuff that I had to deal with, with different areas of this stuff. And there's a lot of that stuff in the military and it's just bombarding constantly. And so these are areas that I had to deal with in respect to that stuff. And it, it my marriage almost ended in divorce due to a lot of the problems that came with that stuff. I understand your perspective a lot. And I understand what you're saying quite a bit. And when I was reading, that's why I said I, I love the book because it definitely brings out the areas in which I struggled and the areas in which I saw the problems and, and situations that I was running into as well. It was very, very uh, pointed as to those same areas. And so I, I found it very encouraging to, you know, to know that one, this needs to be out there because it's going to help other, other guys, even other people know that you're not alone. And that's one of the things the devil loves to do is get, get you to a point where you think you're all alone and you're the only one struggling with these things. You know, teenagers, young, young adults, you know, people that are struggling big time with this stuff. And then your older generation that's just now coming into different areas of technology and learning different things. And the stuff is so rampant out on, on the web and things like that. It's just unbelievable how much bombardment there is. To everybody, you're not alone. You know, people have gone through these struggles. And this man right here is a testimony to show that God can heal you and bring you out. It's, it's a blessing to have you with us brother. It really is. And I, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate the fact that you wrote this book. It's definitely an inspiration to me. It helps me to give, you know, I got two teenage boys and they deal with the stuff in school and stuff like that. And it helps me give them some more material. I have some, but just to give them another, it's like another arrow in their quiver to be able to go, nope, you ain't going to get that one devil, you know? And so they, they can use this as a tool and I can use it as a tool for my kids. I can use it, use it for my kids to show them that, you know, there is an answer. There is a way you don't have to go down this road, use his lessons that he's learned and don't do the same mistakes. Don't fall down the same paths. Thank you. I, I just want to say thank you publicly for, for, you know, writing that book and for coming on with us. Cause it's definitely a blessing. I appreciate it. One of your chapters uh, in the book, it says it was, it was uh, the chapter that was called The Ultimate Lesson. And I'm just going to read a bit of it here. It says, I fully believe that if I had more understanding and experience of who God is, I would have never fallen so hard into lust and adultery. And I think that says volumes for, for what we're going to talk about today, which is uh, the nature of God. 
And I would like, and this is for everybody. So I, I would like to bring this up and anybody can kind of, kind of raise your hand, jump in. What is the difference between the nature of God and the character of God? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a scientific guy. <laughs> Not particular. I think it's, I think it's a really good question because we, we have a certain amount of, of emphasis in the church on the na on the character of God right. when we talk about the gospel. You know, I think that's kind of one of the main points of, of the gospel message. It seems like we don't have a whole lot of um, emphasis on the nature of God. Uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you that uh, after I was writing the book about halfway through and I, I got to thinking, you know, I didn't finish my master's. Maybe I want to want to get one because I'm doing these seminars and every pastor I deal with has a an MDiv. It seems like every chaplain or pastor and and I don't even have my the regular master's finished. And I, I started thinking, well, what would I want to take? And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great to uh, to be have a get a master's in theology and have a course on the names of God, another course on the glory of God, another course on the dual nature of Christ, another on the spirit, and uh, a, even a course on the mystery of God, you know, his timelessness and and God is spirit and just things like that. And I started looking for that and I don't think it exists. So-called masters in theology and all of them I've looked at have been uh, either a, in reality a master's in Bible or a master's in ministry. And those are great things, but they weren't what I was after. <laughs> and I, have, I haven't found a master's in, in true theology or what they call proper theology uh, on the nature of God. Between the nature and the character? Yeah. One is, is an outpouring of of something that is just common it's just like a, like what is there it's already there it's not something that is a something that is is how do you put um oh what's the word i want to use it's not it, it so the nature my natural state would be i am a natural sinner okay i have to be reborn out of that so that so is our nature our nature our nature we're born into sin that's my nature um, so if, if for God, he doesn't have that obviously, but he has certain aspects about him that are just who he is. It's not his character. It's just who he is as God. Okay. And that's what makes up God, like who he is, not his characters, not his, not his traits towards us, but who he actually is, like his being and then like who his natural person. I know uh, Kent uh, earlier off camera. Oh, sorry, Israel. I, I was just going to say an example. I think that that Kent brought up once was he as a nature as the nature of God. He said his holiness was one example, and his beauty, I believe, was what uh, some of the examples. So yeah, go go ahead, Israel. Yeah, I just exactly. Want to so yeah. I also think though, like so, the struggle that it must be so hard for God to watch his children. Um, then we, for God's heart is that all to come to repentance and all know God. That's, you know, that is God's heart. That for all men to come to repentance, that's not going to happen. God so, God loves us so much that he, that he lets us do these 
or with our free will make the choice to whether to spend an eternity with him or whether not, or not. To. yeah that's his heart yeah he wants people to love him his character is though he can't be he, he can't stand sin but i i can see that being like as a god that's got to be intense that penalty so recently we had a church where uh, someone was sharing and teaching about praying for the predators and how those are God's children. Like it's really hard for me to pray for someone who's a predator, like who's a child predator. Or right. But a lot of times it starts with porn. It starts with these sexual things, and it progresses. So you start small, and then you start getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And anyway, it's hard to pray for these people. Those that's God's children as well, and we're supposed to pray for them as they're crying out. God hears them as well. So, but God can't, they, they sin and they made their choice. Right. Um, he hits on that, chapter 10, uh, getting desperate. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, he, he touches a little bit about the topic about how God looks at his children. And I love how you implemented your kids into that, um, that chapter as well. And uh, that's... I, again, <laughs> I said I, I I went through his book pretty quick, and I kind of sped through it, and and I read a lot. I was I, I was speed reading, but I really enjoyed just as I was going along. Like, oh, that's good. Oh man, yeah, I like that. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. So for someone who didn't read, or for people who are watching, what is getting desperate? What's in that chapter? Yeah, we, you want to go ahead and kind of do a quick overlay of uh, you're getting desperate chapter 10? Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I found myself back in the Playboys uh, on the second marriage, and and it just, it it was like um, just a coming to myself, you know, looking in the mirror and just seeing how much this had me, how much. I didn't want it and that I couldn't help myself. And so I got just absolutely desperate for God's help. As I said, I, I got desperate enough to say, okay, I'll do anything you want me to do. You know, within three weeks of getting back to Heidelberg, I got asked to, to speak uh, at a men's Tracedias weekend. Every speaker at that these type of weekends um, have some personal testimony. And so I, but I knew, I mean, I didn't even have to ask God. I said, okay, God, I think, I think it's time for me to just get real with the guys and talk about how much trouble this has brought in my life. And my talk was on Bible study and, and I urged the guys to study with me what God's Bible says about lust and start really getting to face uh, this part of our nature uh, that we we tend to let go. You had the, these moments, like like you were talking about, this desperate moment. So uh, let me ask this question mm -hmm. in, to keep with the, the theme of the character, I'm sorry, the nature of God. When did any of us view the nature of God differently? And what was that like compared to now? Okay, so... First of all, I did a, a really great study called Experiencing God uh, with our small group. Then I, I was struggling with lust at the gym, and I just had this thought uh, one morning, 
Lord, let me experience you through the temptation. Up until then, I'd been mostly praying about take away the temptation, you know, make me stronger. But that morning, I just asked God to experience him through the temptation. He actually gave me an experience of his holiness, where I got on the elliptical to warm up, and almost immediately he flooded my mind with the passage from Revelation 4. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. It was like a neon sign in my brain where, okay, you want to experience me? This is, this is the part you're needing at this moment. Look at my holiness. Consider my holiness. Consider that this phrase is said 24 hours a day in heaven. I reflected on how powerful this saying must be, how powerful this truth is, that God is holy during the middle of that reflection, the woman who was the most tempting to me at that gym passed in front of me, and I hardly noticed. I mean, I was aware she passed, and that was about it. I had no thought of her sexually, had no thought of how she looked today. And it was like, okay, now I'm getting somewhere. Yeah, after that, God you know, would bring a reflection on uh, that. His name is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it and are saved. Just on and on, these connections about God and who He is would help me. I mean, generally, He would bring this, and then I'd be good for the week. You know, I'd have no problem with lusting at the gym for the week. I never knew prayer could be like this, that that it could be responsive uh, in this way. And it was just just such an eye-opener that I've been focusing too much on me, even when I'm fighting sin, that I need to be focusing on God. So (laughs) you make me think of uh, Peter when he gets out the boat. As long as he had his eyes on Christ, he was fine. But as soon as he got himself focused on him and where he was at and what he was in, bloop, down he went. But then immediately as he called out to Christ again, Christ was right there immediately to pull him back up and put him in the boat. And that just makes me, you know, think about that, those concepts in the Bible and, and they're throughout the Bible. And that's awesome, brother. That's that's great. I love it. Right. And I, I think that's 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 perfect because uh, right at the end of the, and this is still has to do with topic of nature because right at the end of the book, you talk about these type of things where the, these shifts almost in, in your mind and these shifts of how it, how it changed and impacted you. And I, I think all of us have had it. It went during the Christian experience. It is a walk, you know, so you're going to reach these moments where you're going to take these steps forward and these you know, the Holy Spirit is going to give you these these understandings, kind of like what you were just talking about with uh, God's holiness and, and how holy he really is. And I know the, these are like, you know, Christian $5 words or $10 words. But the thing is, is once you start understanding this part or this, the nature of who God is, then some of these things, like you just said, uh, can't, like you said, it it's almost as though these things that, 
current that were a part of your own character and nature all of a sudden aren't because you're adopting God's own nature. You're trying to say, okay, God, I want to be more like you. I want to be more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And his, his character and his nature starts coming out. Don't focus on the negative, focus on the positive stuff. Cause, cause that's where your power is going to come from. And the, the power of God's holiness, the power of his beauty, uh, the power of him as creator. Um, you start pulling your mind towards those things and, and it's like the other just, oh, this is, this isn't important. This isn't, uh, this doesn't even deserve my attention. You know, I, I think uh, back, you know, man, it's got to been 20 years, 30, no, more than that. Oh, Lord. Probably for more like 50 years, 50 to 40 to 50 years now, the holiness movement in America. There was a lot of things that came from churches that focused on the holiness of God and how, how they strived to just live a holy life. Not, nothing out of the norm, just trying to live a holy life and, and thinking about how holy God is, just like you're talking about. And they did a lot of awesome things became because people were actually walking the walk and talking the talk. You know, they, they were putting on God's righteousness and people were seeing God's armor, essentially, right. instead of them trying to put on their filthy rags, you know, God, God's righteousness was being seen through. And that's, I think that's a major key in this whole thing is if you're doing what you said, fighting that spiritual war and you're putting on God's armor and you're, you're relying upon his righteousness and his holiness to get you through each day, then you're not going to have those battles like you did before because your mind is being renewed with Christ and you're having the mind of Christ. And that in itself is just, that's exactly what I've been saying for years with my kids and with the stuff I've been going through, you know, just renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? Get the word of God in you, you know, you know, and, and God's word says it over and over and over again. And he's trying to help us. Right. You know, and <laughs> I love it. I love it, brother. It's just awesome. Yeah, I want to focus actually on something that he said that I've just been contemplating since he said it. He said, you would always pray, I would pray like, God, take this temptation from me. Take this temptation from me. Take it. But what Kent said is like, Lord, let me experience you through this temptation. Mm -hmm. That is a, that is a deep, deep thought to think about like, so, I was, um, you think of the psalm, it's like, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall not fear that you are with me. It doesn't say yeah. that you're experiencing the valley of the shadow of death. You're just walking through it. Through it. So yeah. when a temptation of a sin, I just that that like mind blown moment thinking, I'm in a sin. Lord, let me experience you until I'm through this temptation. That's, that's a powerful train of thought. That's yeah, it's, to me, it makes me think of uh, the apostles when they were in the boat in the middle of the water. Yeah, right. And they're all, the, everything's going crazy. And he had told them before they launched, he said, I'll meet you on the other side. He didn't say, I'll meet you mm -hmm. in the middle, but I'll meet you on the other side. And he was walking by them and they're all like, hey, hey, he was walking to the other side. He had already told them he was going to meet him there. Right. You know, but they got so afraid. They were like, oh, no, help, help. Get over here, Lord, help us. And he did. And he, and he, you know, bam. And guess what? They were immediately on the other side. 
you know, but <laughs> you read that story and you really pay attention to just like we're talking about here and how God takes you through the temptation. If you read that part in the Bible where it talks about uh, him in the in the boat and all that stuff and how he literally took them through that temptation and through that that trial, I guess you could say, and their, their temptation of fear and everything else they're right. going through. That is amazing how God does those things. And that is an awesome concept to think about because again, you're you're right, and he's right on on that key. It is a wonderful thing to watch how God takes you through the temptations and through the trials. And he says, I'll be with you. Yep. He says he's gonna be there. He's gonna he's 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 prepared you for it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just I love that. Amen. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, also reminds me of the and we brought this example up also uh, many times is the Egyptians, God didn't spare them from the plagues. God actually brought them through that bad situation, brought them through that, that, that turmoil. So I, I don't know. I, I think, I think that's great. So Amen. is there, is there, when it comes to uh, the, the nature of God himself, is, is there, can you guys like rapid fire list off some things that can, that come to, come to your head biblically? When it comes to the nature of God, it can be just a, like a one word, like we like we talked about His holiness. That's cheating. You took the one. <laughs> uh, fire and brimstone. Fire and brimstone. His 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 nature. His nature. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Why do Why so do you think that's that's? You're, uh, you're talking more of His judgment. Judgment, and then also like His. What is it? It says we went over this. I think last week. Hmm. Uh, treat everyone as our neighbor. Yeah, the neighbor. Yep. But if you think about it, many of points in time, like when I was first going to church and everything else, the minister actually brought it up to the fact that you know, if you actually look at it, there's some bad times with God, like the noble cities had Noah with his blood and everything mm-hmm. else. I think of fire and brimstone. I, I, think, I think the that, word that Mike just used, which was his, his, judgment, his judgment righteous judgment. I think that would also sin, fall yeah. into, and I think I think Kent can correct me if I'm wrong. I think that would also fall into his holiness because his holiness, because of his holiness, he cannot be around sin. So therefore he has to Flip that coin have over. judgment. Flip that coin over. You know what sin I mean? can't be around him. Yeah, he can't be around <laughs> sin. Sin can't be around him. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, to me, I think that's really where that lies. He, because of sin, he had to uh, judge the sin. And so, it, yeah, I mean, holiness kind of entails a lot of his nature. And so his beauty, I like that. I like the thought of his beauty, you know, cause, uh, it makes me think of, of the, the devil's job <laughs> when he wasn't the devil, <laughs> He was a reflector, you know, to reflect God's glory, mm-hmm. you know, his glory and who he is. Part of his nature is like, he's just, he's perfect. He is the perfect being. And and that's just who he is. He is perfection. Perfection. Um, okay. So that's, that's a nature of God that I look at. He is perfection. Uh, yeah. So uh, God is creator. One of the things that I, I really have gotten into is, uh, Isaiah tells us that that God that the whole earth is filled with God's glory, 
so, you know, we, we think sometimes, well, we have to stay totally focused on God's word. Well, actually, God's, you know, uh, glory is all around us. It's you know everything around us. And just if you see, you know, a, a hummingbird and the amazing colors that are that are in them and how incredible that they can move those wings. So you know, at hypersonic speed. And, uh, you know, just things like that. You start thinking, man, God is just incredible. Look, look at the variety and, and the many ways he shows his glory all around us. Okay, Ken, how about you go ahead and uh, summarize uh, where we can, what, uh, about your ministry, where we can get a hold of you, about how to buy your book, uh, and go, go ahead. Okay, so, yeah, the book is on Amazon, both ebook and uh, print the um, the website if you want to read my blog and find out about my seminars is remadepreacher.com. Oh, wow. and so those are those are two good places to look. I have intended uh, an intention of of making a audio book because I really enjoy audio books. The the pollution in Korea has kind of done a number on my throat, and I'm I'm waiting for it to have that sweet spot where I can start recording. So yeah, I'd appreciate prayers about that, guys. Uh, that God would heal my throat so that I can produce that. Yeah, so that would be, that's another goal because I love audiobooks. Listening to them, I I'm, I'm wanting to produce one. So uh, hey, Mike, can you go ahead and lead us out in a word of prayer? Yeah. Dear Lord, thank you again so much for the wonderful day you've given us. Thank you for Brother Kent. Thank you for his book, and I pray you would help him with his throat as he asks us to pray for him with that. I pray you would heal him. Lord, work out the details so we can get that uh, book on audio, and I, I pray you if it's something that we can help with or if, if, you know, whatever he can do to get that done, that would be such a blessing. Lord, I pray you just open the doors for that to happen. And again, thank you so much for this time that we had to fellowship with him and learn more about his intimate uh, details of the book. And again, thank you, Lord, for writing your book and inspiring us and showing us how we can uh, conquer sin. And thank you again so much for this time. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right, Amen. Last words you'd like to give everybody? Okay, I didn't. I didn't get one thing. So one of the most powerful thoughts uh, in my fight against lust was uh, that God's beauty is really a, my desire, that I'm wanting to see the ultimate beauty, and that when I look upon a beautiful woman, I'm only seeing a dim reflection of his beauty. And uh, that has been just like a, a, a real solid uh, truth I can hold on to. This has been Justin. This is Israel. This has been Mike. This is Sully. And, and this is Kent. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We love you guys. Uh, thanks for joining us again this evening and in Kent's <laughs> situation this morning. <laughs> uh, all right. Amen. We love you guys. Hello. Now, if you guys would like to hear, or in this instance, watch the entire episode, 
we had to cut out a few things, some audio issues. Uh, you can go to YouTube and look up Biblical Chili, or go on our Facebooks. And you can find us there and watch the live cast that this episode was based off. Once again, if you go to the Amazons, you can find his book. The full title is Remade, A Preacher Finds Victory Over Porn and Complaint. You can either buy it in Kindle or paperback. What's a Kindle? Who writes this stuff? Now, his website is RemadePreacher.com. And there he has many of his seminars and speaking engagements. Now, we appreciate him writing this book and taking his time all the way from Korea to speak with the Chili Crew. So please, go on the various social media outlets and look up Kent. Or if you know someone who may be suffering from this addiction, go ahead and suggest Kent's book, Remade. And remember, you can find us on the various social media outlooks. Just look up Biblical Chili, and especially now on the YouTubes. And remember to hit that subscribe button and like us. We love you, and we hope to see you soon.